hello, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first episode of Fan to Fan Combat, presented by WMUC Sports. I am your judge for this episode and the show creator. And first of all, I want to thank WMUC Sports for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I've had this idea for about a year now, and I haven't really been able to bring it to life until coming here and meeting with you guys. So thanks for bringing the show on, bringing it to life. Now, let's begin. What we have ahead of us is a one-on-one debate challenge that only the smartest sports fans can survive. These two candidates will be debating over eight NFL-related questions, and whoever gives the best answer to a question will win one point. We will go through all eight questions, and the contestant with the most points at the end wins. So, you guys ready? Now, our first contestant, hailing from Maplewood, New Jersey. Not a long introduction. CJ Love. How are you doing today, CJ? Great. You know, I'm happy to talk some football. That's facts. Our second contestant, hailing from Livingston, New Jersey, Matthew Levis. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great. Any opportunity to get to talk sports, you know I'm in. All right, so let's begin. First off, our first question, after recent events transpiring, concluding with the Cowboys losing the Cardinals yesterday, question one, who is the worst team in the NFC East, and what can they do to improve? Start off, we're going to kick it to CJ. Uh, Me personally right now, after watching that Cowboys game, I'm a little tempted to say the Cowboys, but the division is just too bad for them not to be able to somehow win it. So uh, just based on talent, I'd say the Giants. Right now they're they're down with Saquon out, so they're not really good on offense. Daniel Jones can't get the ball to any of the receivers, and it's just not working out. The offensive line, even though they spent a first a top 10 pick on an offensive lineman, it's still not looking like it's working out for anybody. Daniel Jones can't hold on to the ball. All he does is fumble most of the time, so it's hard to to consistently move the ball on offense. And the defense isn't – it's not as much as a liability as the other NFC East teams, but it's still not helping the cause anyway. So I go with the Giants. And what do you think they could do to improve a little bit? Honestly, a team like that, it's, it's not so much that they don't have the talent. It's that mm-hmm. – it's kind of like uh, the same thing I say with the Eagles. It's just unfortunate events like Saquon's out. And then I would put that on the team that they drafted Daniel Jones instead of taking a better quarterback that year. Yeah, that's... So they needed, I would say, look forward to getting a quarterback in the draft or at least a better offensive line to protect them. Interesting point. All right, Matt, what do you think? I'm going to be honest, I don't think there is a single good team in the NFC East. Uh, If we look at what the Cowboys did last night with Andy Dalton, who took his team to an 8-0 start, what was it, four years ago with the Bengals, and last night was able to put up three points against the Cardinals. I I really can't say that there's one team that's actually any good. For me, though, I think the worst team is probably New York, the Giants. Um, After losing Saquon, there really is no highlight spot on this team. Daniel Jones is now their team-leading rusher. And that just doesn't scream well for this franchise. Um, the receivers are pretty lackluster. Uh, Slayton's been playing well, but only has 406 yards through the season. And that's just not great being that we're already, what is it, a, a third of the way through the season. Um, and Daniel Jones, I just, I have never, I've never seen Daniel Jones really wow me. And he definitely hasn't been doing that this season. Their last win is their only one of the season. And it was barely a win over Washington. Um, I think for them to get better, they got to start tanking. They're one in five. There's no reason to improve right now. Get in the draft. Get Trevor Lawrence at that first pick. It, the Daniel Jones experiment should never have happened in the first place, and I don't think that it's ever going to work out. I think it's time to start over for them. All right. You guys are free to talk it out about the intricacies of the Giants and what they could do. Um, I definitely agree with that uh, Trevor Lawrence pick. I don't know if the Giants will get it because historically they're just really bad at tanking they just can't seem to get out their own way they just always win that last game that doesn't matter for anything and then end up getting like the third or fourth pick so I feel like tanking is just not in their best interest it would help them but I just don't think they'll they'll help themselves I feel like they'll win a game against Washington that won't count for anything but the a quarterback would definitely help them Justin Fields in the draft Trey, uh, Trey Lance Trey Lance is uh, incredible. I think I think last year they really messed up their pick. I don't think Andrew Thomas was the right choice for them. 
They have so little talent at skill position. They really needed to go and get one of those. And there was so many great quarterbacks on the board. I know they were one year into their little experiment with Daniel Jones. But again, I don't think that was an experiment that was ever going to work out. Um, and I think now they have to very quickly realize that it's time to move on from him and go with someone else. What do you guys I, I think, think about the defense? Uh, did, that Leonard Williams uh, trade, I, I really don't think it's working out right now. It's yeah. It was honestly a head scratcher when I saw it. I, I didn't really understand what they were really getting out of that trade to begin with, but it's not working out either. So I would say try to shop him to a team that might be able to use him. Probably one of these teams that are going to look for a Super Bowl run. Like he could, he's a player that's not so much going to take over a game, but he's good enough that he can help a team that needs to go somewhere. So I would say getting rid of him, maybe get an extra first or second, maybe like package him for something else, maybe even a player, but that would, I would start there. Yeah. When I was, when, when you asked these, these questions, I, I was debating between New York and Washington. Um, and the one reason I picked New York over Washington is Washington actually has some pretty talented defensive players. I really don't, be, I, I don't see any real great talent right now on the Giants defense. Um, they're, they're just, there's no player on that team that really makes me say, this is the guy that they're going to surround him with. There's, there's just, there's no, there's no dominant player on that defense. And that's why they physically can't win games. And I, that, that at least, at least, the Redskins, or sorry, the football team has some really talented. It's going to take some time to get used to this name. Yeah, fair um, enough. Fair enough. At yeah, least they have awesome. some real talent in in Ryan Kerrigan, although he's getting a little bit older. Um, I think I think at least the the football team has some talent, where the the Giants are really lacking that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this all goes down into the draft. They really got to look at this year's draft. There's a lot of great talent coming into here. Um, and they got they got to take either a defensive guy in the first round, or they got to change this quarterback up. Yeah, um, I was in the same spot thinking either Washington or the Giants for the worst team. I would only say the Giants aren't better than Washington because Washington won. Their defense is really good. They're, they have a lot of young players, excluding Kerrigan because you know he's getting older. But they have a lot of young players. The defense keeps them in a lot of games. They just have to figure out the quarterback situation. And their offense is not bad where it's a liability either. It's just the quarterback position is not helping them out. Yeah, and I mean, I would also say they're building a culture. So I would like the Giants don't have an identity as a team. Like the Washington, like the football team, they have a culture. Like you know, new name, the like everything, new coach. They're yeah, just yeah. starting something different. So I feel like that that'll definitely help a team win a few more games yeah. than someone else. I think there's also an electricity here, with. I think there's also an electricity with Montez Sweat and Chase Young, these these really great young defensive players for Washington that does make me believe if they can get the right quarterback, because clearly Dwayne Haskins was not the right guy. If Washington can get the right quarterback and give him some weapons to complement Terry McLaren, I think we've got a real shot to see this team, you know, get out of this losing funk that they're in and really put some pressure on the Cowboys and the Eagles. That's I, I really don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles. They're, they're so up and down, I, I, but I think, I think Washington is about one or two players away from fixing it. I think the Giants are a full team away from getting back to four or five years ago when they were in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. Fair enough points from both of you guys. Both went the same team. I think if I'm really thinking about it in terms of points, the point that really stuck out to me here was CJ's point about Leonard Williams being traded for a package. I really like that. So I – even though you guys both chose the same team, I'm going to give the first question to CJ. Good job, CJ. All right, moving on. Second question we have here. After a pretty dominant win versus the Packers on Sunday, I believe it was 38-10, to 10, is Tom Brady really good this year, or has he been made to look good by the media or his team? Matt, kick to you first. I'm not going to deny that Tom. there is a stigma around Tom Brady that no matter where he is, the media will make him look good. But frankly, I've been impressed this season. I've always been a big supporter of the idea that Tom Brady is a system quarterback. And frankly, he's looked pretty solid. He's only got two picks on the whole season. And, you know, his, his, he's got 14 touchdowns, which is fourth in the league. He's got 1,500 yards. And, he, I mean, he's finally got great weapons. And I think this team really does have it in themselves to be a contender. 
I, I personally think that Tom Brady is actually doing a lot better here than he was in New England last season. And I'm, I, I don't think it's just the media. I think it really is his talent. All right, CJ. Yeah, with Tom Brady, I can't say that he's not playing well because it's one guy that you can't really bet against in the league, and it's him. Like, even when things look like they're going bad, it's some he somehow finds a way. So I would never like you know bet against him. I think he's playing well right now. Just to add on to that, uh, I thought that he was just some quarterback too. So. Do we know yet if he was system quarterback? No, because it's not even halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. And we know we have to see uh, – we have Super Bowl expectations for the Buccaneers right now. So, you know, if they don't make a deep playoff run, I personally think that that's, you know, a failure for them. They I just yeah. were a game or two away from the playoffs last year with Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions. So, I mm-hmm. mean, how bad can Tom Brady really be? You know, the team isn't bad. It's not like they were, you know, he's taking them from – like the basement, they were uh, two or three games from being a playoff team. But the difference so, is, is is that Tom Brady isn't throwing 30 interceptions this season. Tom Brady only has four picks on the year and 14 touchdowns, which is, by Winston standards, a big improvement. And I, I think that now he's got he's finally got these Randy Moss-like receivers that he had up in New England. Uh, and I really do think that he actually is showing the talent that we hadn't seen so much in New England, especially as of late. I mean, I think for the second half of his career, Bill Belichick really relied heavily on the talent of his receivers more than the talent of Tom Brady. And now we're seeing Tom Brady really come out of his shell and prove that he really is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, he's not, he's not perfect, but he's definitely improved since at least last season. Last season was, I think, in my opinion, Tom Brady's worst, um, especially ending how he did and ending his career in New England on a pick six which probably made some Patriots fans a little sour. But Tom Brady, I think so far this season, has actually looked pretty solid. He's 11th in the league in passing yards, fourth in the lead in touchdowns. If that's not the mark of a good quarterback, I don't know what is. Yeah, I think the common thing, I feel like when people say that, I feel like the thing that we had around Tom Brady as he started to age was that, uh, you know, he's falling off. And people took falling off as he's horrible. Tom Brady's still the greatest or one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, I mean, him falling off, like, is probably a really good year. still an all-pro level, yeah. 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 So, I don't think that him not being maybe taken over a game by himself, maybe he's not able to do that now, but I still think he can – he's definitely – especially with the weapons around him, he can win a game. He can win the NFC, I think. All right, last couple points if you guys have any or – are we good? They're look. They're four and two right now. If Tom Brady can win out this season, at least make it at least two or three games in the playoffs, I do think that that will cement Tom Brady's legacy as the goat. I think that the one thing holding him back is he had one coach his whole career, and I think now that he's separated himself, if he can prove that he on his own can take this team deep in the playoffs, I think there is no debate that he is the greatest of all time. And as of now, there's nothing that tells me he can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it comes back to, like you said, with that coach, uh, it's Belichick versus Brady right now. It's who can go further without the other one. So I think it's dependent on how good Brady plays, of course. Like, if he can go deep into the playoffs and whatever the Patriots do, they do, I think that we'll be able to say, yeah, Brady's a good quarterback. But if they, you know, first round exit or they win ugly in the first round and then get, like, uh, blown out in the second round, then I think that that's a failure for him because we, you know, have such high expectations. Yeah. Uh, again, agreement on this issue, but great points made all around. I think the point that stuck out to me the most and the point that convinced me the most here was the ballsy statement Matt made that said that he has a better season this year already than he did in New England last year. And for any New England team, a good, there's a good season always. So, I mean, great statement. I'm going to give this one to Matt. Really good job, both of you. And we're going to move on to the next question, which is, in my opinion, probably the hardest of the bunch. We've seen a lot of injuries, especially on certain fields, but we'll probably get to that. I mean, there are some obvious reasons, and we can mention them, but why do you think so many players are getting injured currently? We're going to take CJ first. Um, I would say just obviously uh, – a broad 
statement would be like uh, lack of preparation, you know, with the whole COVID thing, quarantine, all that. A lot of guys, I'm be honest, they probably weren't taking it serious enough. They probably weren't, you know, working out like you saw like a lot of NBA players. They're probably working out, doing what they could, even though they couldn't get into the gym and, you know, uh, get a good workout. They still did what they could on their own. And I feel like that's playing into this season as well. And then injuries are going to happen. Like, it's just – it could just be a freak year. We never know. Like, it, they're going to happen. Injuries are part of the game. It's just you want to minimize it by doing what you can as far as preparing, you know, working out, eating right, doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, I think it, it is a lot about preparation. You know, there was no preseason this season. And the preseason is a great time to give your, your star players a few snaps just to get acclimated to being back on the field. You know, off-season camps were completely different. And the, it, the players really lost out on that opportunity to tune themselves up and get ready. They were just thrown in week one and said, you haven't really done much training and you haven't played anyone in, in a year and you've been inside for a lot. Go out and tackle. And I think we saw a lot of players' bodies not prepared for it yet. Um, I think it also goes team by team. If we look at, at the 49ers that week, they lost, I think, six or seven of their starters to injury. I think that was mostly just MetLife Stadium having terrible turf and needing to fix that. Um, if we look at the Eagles right now, I think it's just a curse on the Eagles, as always. They always seem to have injury problems. But I think the general overarching fact that so many star players were injured in those first four weeks does have to go with the fact that there weren't four weeks of, of preseason to give players, you know, a quarter to come back in and ease back into it. They were just thrown into full 60 minutes of play and said, you haven't done any training, but go win us a game. And it, it just isn't working on their joints and their bones right now. We can, yeah, we can, uh, if, if you guys want to elaborate further on that, you can, you guys will just leave it that. I know it's, it's a little bit of a tough topic. It's, to argue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Like there's no definitive answer. And I think, I think that just it, – it's a COVID year. It's a weird year, and players are, are dropping because of injury. And I think it, it, I think it was inevitable when there was poor training and the inability to tackle. I mean, not to, not to bring up college, but if we looked at what Navy did that first game, you know, they lost 55-3 to because they hadn't done a tackling drill in six months and mm. couldn't execute on game day. That's kind of what's happening with these players. For months, they had basically been told – don't touch anyone. Don't go outside. Just stay in, do your workout, and then are expected to immediately turn that around and go full on, you know, NFL primetime mode. And it, human body just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would, it's just, and the thing that also plays into it, yeah, the preseason games help out, but that's more for like, you know, guys who you want to see out on the field, like you just drafted or, you know, you just signed, you want to see them in your offense. I feel like what really may have helped is, like a joint practice, something like that, like the scrimmages, like even if you're not going full on hitting, it's just seeing a different team, like a different team or someone else, a different look, like playing against the same guy every day, you're not allowed to hit him. Uh, it's, it's hard to just say, okay, now we're going to go play uh, somebody else. And, you know, now you can go tackle him when you haven't been doing that for the last few months. I, I agree, but I, I do think the preseason – isn't just for showing off players. I think it really is, is the tune-up for stars. I mean, we always see everyone's starter play, you know, the first quarter of every game or or play a few minutes or a few snaps just to warm up. I, I think the preseason really is is the tune-up, and that's how you you get your body back from off-season mode into, you know, the season. And they just had to – they had to skip that interim, like getting ready and getting physically able to play. They went from sitting on their couch for six months to – having to work out very intensely over a short amount of time and then getting into the NF and into full on, you know, season mode. All right. So in this question, what stuck out to me personally, great point about working out lazily. I think that's probably part of it. No reasons indefinitely. Point that stood out to me, the BYU game. I watched that full game, BYU-Navy, and watching those players come out there and not being able to tackle it really showed me a lot. Also, I'd like to say all Eagles fans like myself know that we made a deal with the devil three years ago to win the Super Bowl, and therefore we get injured every year. I'm fine with that. <laughs> take it home. So I'm going to give this point to Matt. Great job, Matt. Next up, 
one of these teams has a better record than the other when we talk about the Eagles and the Colts. Very similar systems. So, both quarterbacks have been faced with some controversy. Phillip Rivers for being old, and many people think he might be leaving the league soon, and Carson Wentz for not having a great start to the year and kind of having a little bit better of a midseason so far. So, in your guys' opinion, who's the most likely to get benched this season at some point, Carson Wentz or Phillip Rivers? CJ. I would say more Carson Wentz because it's just everything just seems to be going wrong for them. The Eagles just – I feel like sometimes it's not because the quarterback is bad or he's not doing anything right. It's sometimes you just need a different person in there to just shake things up. Sometimes that different – that different – quarterback of that different feel gives that spark to the team that they might need like putting Jalen Hurts in or any other quarterback in for the Eagles it's like that might be what they need right now they're they're falling apart they're in a falling division like the division is bad and it's still up for grabs like the Eagles are on a losing streak and they still like have a chance to win a division and I still think they will so you know maybe Maybe not benching Carson Wentz for the season, but maybe starting Jalen Hurts for a game just to see what we can get out of that could help the team because you give that team a spark. You give them something different. They're a little bit more excited to play. So I would say Carson Wentz more than Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I really don't think Phillip Rivers is getting benched this season. I I don't see him being in the league much longer. I do think Jacob Eason is going to step in at some point for the the Colts at some point, uh, probably down the road. But I think he's good for the season. Carson Wentz has thrown eight touchdowns and nine interceptions. In my opinion, if you're throwing more picks than touchdowns, you're just not built for the NFL. And that, that, that just shows not just, you know, his, his lack of weapons, it shows poor decision-making. And we, you and I watched the game the other day, and every time Jalen Hurts went in the game, every Phillies family or Eagles family we were with was so excited to see him. And I think that the Eagles fan base – is a little angry at Carson Wentz and is ready to see a change. And I think Jalen Hurts provides a little bit of excitement. You know, he was this electric player in college and maybe he's the guy who's going to turn this around. Personally, I don't think Carson Wentz is the, the next guy to get benched. I personally think it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins leads the league in interceptions with 10 um, and ha- has looked, in my opinion, worse than Carson Wentz, even though he has way more talent around him. I, I do think Carson Wentz of the two you asked is going to get benched, but I think Kirk Cousins in the NFL in total is the next guy to see the bench. Okay. Yeah, to build on that uh, Philip Rivers point, I just, even if Philip Rivers plays bad, that defense is number one in the league right now. Like, I, there's no way that I could see him, even in the Bengals game, they're down 21 and they come back and win. I don't think that's purely on Philip Rivers just being some great quarterback, but I think that because the defense can stop people and it's going to be hard especially in a division that they're in with, uh, you know, you got Deshaun Watson, you got the Jaguars. Like, I mean, who are they really going to have to beat to win this division? So I think that there's no way that Phillip Rivers is going to really have any tough games that are really going to make you say, okay, let's bench him. Now, now going off of this, so we're, you're talking about the uh, people behind these quarterbacks. So if they were to step in, because I think there's still a chance Phil Rivers could get benched because he is a pick machine at times. If they were to get in, who do you think would have the most success with the current team that's constructed for them? Jalen Hurts or Jacoby Brissett? Is Jacoby Brissett the guy? Yes. Over, he's over Jacob Eason? Yes. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Hurts would do it. I, yeah. I There was nothing in college that told me Hurts wasn't going to be an electric quarterback, especially the way that – quarterbacks are changing you know four or five years ago I don't think we would have seen a quarterback like Kyler Murray you know I think Russell Wilson was this anomaly that no one really wanted to touch because I don't think we could conceptualize another one and now we've got so many great quarterbacks just like him and I think that Jalen Hurts is this great mobile quarterback he's kind of like a Swiss arm he's kind of like Taysom Hill with a better arm and I think that the Eagles would do so well with a a young mobile quarterback you know this is the last I think this is the next best guy since Vic to be, you know, this mobile scrambler. Um, I don't think he's got the arm talent that Vic had, but I think that he is a lot more closely to Vic than Wentz ever was. And I think that this is a, I think this would be a great change and a productive change for the Eagles. 
Well, is, is Vic a, a sore subject for you, Eagle fan? Not sore at all. That's just a that's a straight statement. That's the type of statements we have here on Fan to Fan Combat. Okay, CJ, thoughts on Jacoby or Jalen? Uh, I'd probably say Jacoby as far as success because, like I said, that division is just – they're not cutting it right now. The Texans, are, I feel like they're done for the season. The Jaguars, also done for the season. And then the Titans are just leagues ahead of everybody else. So the Colts are going to be a wild card team anyway. You know, they're not catching up to the Titans. So I would say in order to be a wild card, we have to win maybe five or six more games. If Phillip Rivers got benched right now today, I think Jacoby Brissett could go win five or six games over the course of the season. Jalen Hurts, he has a lot more to work with. You have the Eagles don't have wide receiver help. You got Miles Sander, who's, uh, you know, an injury liability. It's really hard for him to stay in a game because, you know, he's usually injured. And the, the defense is the defense. It's always been bad. It's not really helping out. With um, Miles Sanders out, if you put Jalen Hurts in, he can serve as that running back. I mean, Kyler Murray kind of serves as the team's wide or quarterback and running back with Kenyon Drake. Now you can put in uh, Jalen Hurts, who I think is even better with his legs than Kyler. And he can fill that team's running back position in a sense. You can run more QB, uh, QB options. And I think that that's a change that, might do well with an offensive line that's super played with injuries. If you have a quarterback that can flush out of the pocket like Jalen can with an offensive line that can't guard anything, you'll have a lot more success. Uh, CJ, you want to respond to that? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I understand the the, the change of pace that Jalen Hurts can bring, which is why I said that, you know, he'd probably take Carson Wentz's starting job soon. But I don't think that the team, just as a team, I think that individually, yeah, you could say he could overcome a lot of stuff, but I don't think he can overcome how bad the team is right now. So I think that Jacoby Brissett would probably be in a better situation. I I just think that the NFC East is so broken that literally winning five more games this whole season, they still might make the playoffs. So I really think that I, – I, I do think that the Eagles actually have a, a viable chance at making the playoffs, and I think if Hurts went in, their chances greatly increase – you know, this is this is not a conference you need to be over 500 to make the playoffs in, um, and I firmly believe that Hertz could take this team at least to 500 and take them to the playoffs. Uh, there's 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 no one there's no one in the NFC East, especially after what the Cowboys did last night, that makes me believe that the, there's no one that makes me believe that they're the outright winner. I really do think the Eagles have the, I think the Eagles probably have the best chance as of now to get in. Okay. All right, so really tough for me, honestly, to grade this one and these arguments. Both great arguments. Threw in a little question there. You both handled it very well. However, I do have to say that, and this is, I'm totally unbiased as an Eagles fan here. I'm not choosing it. But in terms of your argument, Matt, that said Jalen Hurts would be sort of like Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had over 100 yards rushing last night, and Kyler had 70 and I don't think there's an earth where Jalen Hurts can rush for 170 yards in a game. So honestly, the point that Jacoby that uh, CJ made about Jacoby sitting in there and having a better situation, and I'm gonna give this point to CJ. It was it was a lot based on that point. I maybe maybe I know too much about the Eagles, and but I, it's I don't know. I I mean CJ, great job. All right, this next one is a doozy, but we're gonna try to speed it up a bit. So uh, I'm going to allow a little bit less time for this question, but this is kind of a weird question coming off of the win they had yesterday, although they did only put up about 20-something points. So in terms of the Chiefs, have teams figured out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense more this year through the first six games? And if so, how? Matt, what is What is there to figure out? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. No matter what you throw at him – he will dissect it. I think the Raiders did really well in shutting him down, but even then it was still a high scoring game. They just were able to outscore their, they were just able to outscore them on the other side. I don't think anyone has figured out Patrick Mahomes yet. He is the most electric player in all of football. He is the best quarterback in all of football. And this Chiefs offense gets better and better each week. Now they've added Le'Veon Bell to compliment Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Talk about a one-two punch on top of the best quarterback the best tight end, an amazing offensive line, and a great young receiving core. 
this is the best team I've seen in football in a very long time. And I don't, I don't see anyone really stopping them. I think the, the Raiders was a real fluke incident, but I really don't see the rate, uh, the Chiefs losing more than one or two more games this whole season. All right, let's kick it to resident Raiders fans, CJ Love. Yeah, um, I wouldn't – I'd say the same thing. The Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's much to really figure out. He's just good. Like, he's just really, really good at what he does. It's not like he's, you know, uh, you force him to his left and he throws a pick. No, it's not like that. You force him to his left, he'll throw it with his left hand. You know, he's just that good. He's just – he can do it all. I don't think there's much to figure out. I think that he did get overwhelmed as far as the Raiders game. Like, you know, he was expecting to get blitzed, and he didn't get blitzed. So, you know, as far as preparation, he could have did a little bit better in that department. But I don't think that was just the Raiders being uh, such a great defense that they they were able to stop him. I think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of had an off day, and even then he still put up 32 points. So, like, what could you say? I don't yeah, think the, that the NFL is going to figure out Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. I think that this might be something that, you know, might grow into a dynasty and we might have to deal with it for a while. Yeah, the fact that an off day for him is 32 points on his offense. Like, that's just like, – when he got signed – when he signed that $50 million a year deal, I was like, oh, it's going to be the kiss of death. You know, he's, he's never going to be able to live up to this. But so far there's been no indication that he's been anything less than amazing. I mean, this team just looks – unstoppable right now and yeah on their off day they put up a number that most teams would lose to so i i really don't see this team slowing down anytime soon especially under mahomes all right then i'm sorry i'm gonna have to cut this argument a bit short but i'm trying to configure this episode a bit so here i actually really liked the uh i mean similar points obviously on mahomes and i'm very surprised that a Raiders fan can make such complimentary points. However, I will say that Matt made some little bit more interesting points in terms of how the team was constructed. And I think you guys, it, that was, that was the toughest question so far to decide between both of y'all, but I'm going to give it to Matt by the skin of his teeth. Now, this is where I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a difference of opinion in terms of the questions. Sixth question. Score right now, 3-2 to two to Matt. Sorry, I haven't been updating the score. We'll do that more often. Are there any coaches that you believe are on the hot seat that haven't been talked about a lot? So we're talking about coaches, not like the stinkers, like Gase, Patricia, Barone, all the people at the bottom of the league, maybe Zach Taylor, I guess you could talk about. But coaches that may just have not been talked about or have okay records that could be on the hot seat. Uh, we're going to start here with CJ. Uh, this question, it, it kind of tugged at me. It's, I was between, you know, trying to be a little biased and just hate on, you know, the chargers, but I kind of feel like it may be Doug Peterson. I feel like he may be on the hot seat because of once his play. So, Either it's Wentz or there's something going on with the coaching. There's like there's something going on there. So I feel like it might be Peterson. If they have another bad year, uh, they still might not have to worry about anything because the NFC East is so bad. So, I mean, they benefit from that. Last year it was really bad. This year it's really bad. So, yeah, they're going to look a little bit better than they actually are, but the team is just not looking so good right now. So I think that he may be on the hot seat if Wentz doesn't get benched soon. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Mike Zimmer from the Vikings. Uh, this team's one in five right now, and this is not a team that should be bad. Kirk Cousins is a fully capable quarterback who looks horrible right now. Um, leads the league in interceptions at the moment. Uh, their running back game, Dalvin Cook only has 489 yards on the ground. This is a top of a running back doing nothing. Um, and this is a team that also signed Yannick Ngakwe in the offseason to really – brighten up this already pretty stacked defense, they've done nothing. This team has so much talent and has done nothing with it. And that then falls on the head coach. Um, and I, I think Zimmer is on his way out, especially after losing five of your first six games this season. I don't, I don't, I don't see him sticking around much longer if the season doesn't turn around drastically quickly. Um, with Zimmer, what I think he benefits from is, you know, one – they, they have been 
a lot better than they were in recent years, these last two to three years. So they've been pretty good. Uh, what I will say, though, Zimmer benefits from uh, guys like Justin Jefferson who have a lot of upside where they may decide, okay, we had a bad year, but this guy's turning into something. So we may have something to work with. Kirk Cousins is playing bad, so I can't put that all on Zimmer like, oh, he's not doing a great job coaching. But Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's, he's leading the league in picks right now. So he's not really helping uh, the team's cause. I don't, I don't happen to think that Anthony Lynn is on his way out. I think, I think they know that he's going to help Justin Herbert excel. You know, you're starting your season with a rookie quarterback. No one expected them to be, you know, undefeated at this point. And I, I think Anthony Lynn's actually doing a great job, you know, new stadium, new quarterback. This is a, this is a brand new team in some aspects. And I think that to fire Lynn one season into this restart wouldn't be fair to him. I, I think that Zimmer has veteran players and some new guys, but the veterans are looking terrible. And that's on him for not, for, for not helping these guys out. They're, they're one and five. And this is a team that two, three years ago was going to the uh, NFC championship game. And they've completely fallen off the wagon. This is a team that looks super unproductive. They're going to finish last in their division, which has the Lions in it. I don't, I don't think that Zimmer makes it. If he, if he somehow makes it through the season, I don't think he's here next year. So quickly, I would, CJ can respond to that. But CJ did say Doug Peterson. So, Matt, mm-hmm. do you quickly want to comment on Doug Peterson? Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson, I think, in the eyes of Philly fans, is kind of the spiritual character. You know, he brought them, he brought them the Lombardi. Um, I think the team looks rough right now, but I think I don't think they should get rid of him yet. I think that there is this is such a broken division that it really is anyone's game. And if they make the playoffs, I don't think that's fair to get rid of him. Um, I think that this team just needs to figure out how to draft a player properly. And that doesn't start with the coach. It starts with the management. Um, so I think it's more likely that they're going to be looking for some new GMs and scouts rather than a new head coach. I think I think this team needs to find some players who aren't liabilities from the injury standpoint. I mean, look, they found Travis Fulgham, who looks incredible right now. They have the capability of finding great talent. They just got to find more of it. And I think Doug Peterson, although they look rough right now, they're not out of the playoff picture at all. And I don't think, I don't think a team that's in the playoff picture, I don't think their coach is on the chopping block. I think a team that's in last place in their division when they shouldn't be is on the chopping block. That's why I think Zimmer should be on his way out. CJ, last comment. Uh, yeah, just to, you know, just build on the Doug Peterson point. Um, it's not so much that the team isn't going to do well this season, because like I said, they benefit from the division just being so bad for the last uh, year. Last year, they made the playoffs because, you know, division was bad. This year, they're probably going to win the division just because it's that bad. But like I said, the play on the field is not very good. Um, so, like I said, if Wentz keeps playing bad and Peterson doesn't decide to put somebody else in or try to shake something up, I'm not saying he needs to, you know, take him to the Super Bowl right now at this moment, but, you know, something needs to change and it's not getting changed right now. Okay. So, really great comments on each side. I will say that this is not coming from a biased Eagles fans perspective. I'm looking at it fully not like that. However, I have watched more Eagles football, so I'm going off the Eagles football I've watched. And I will say this about Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is a primarily defensive coach, so I don't really think that Cousins being terrible has much to do with him, maybe his morale in the locker room. But Zimmer's more focused on that, end, which is bad too, no doubt. However, I have watched Doug Peterson's play calling, and from a non-biased perspective – his play calling has been absolutely horrid in the in these per, first six weeks. And I think that he probably does deserve to be fired a little bit more because I think Zimmer still has a chance to kind of get that defense to a place where because when there there's the also the other thing, and I'm just gonna try to end this point, but uh when the defense is not performing, it could be because the offense is putting them in bad positions, like if your quarterback throws the most picks in the league. So I, I will say that. So here I am, and I know this sounds really biased. I'm sorry if it does. I am going to have to give it to CJ because I do think that Peterson is more worthy of being fired at this moment. Create arguments from both. Tied at 3-3. This is coming down to the wire in our first episode. 
And these next two questions are doozies. So let's try and knock them out here. Seventh question. Who is the most overrated wide receiver in the league currently? Matt, go. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I think it's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is argue, is argued as the best receiver in the NFL, and I don't think he deserves that. You know, he's, he's the 99 overall Madden player. You know, he's, he, he had a great season last year, but he's literally played f- half a game so far. And everyone still is waiting for him to come back and have this breakout season from what's left. I don't see it happening. Um, I think that he's not the best wide receiver. I think that goes to DeAndre Hopkins. But Hopkins gets so slept on in the shadow of Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas is a great talent, but he is not the best wide receiver. And so I'm not saying that he's overrated, that he's bad. I think he's overrated that his, his stats are inflated. I think everyone sees what he did last season, especially from a fantasy perspective. Um, you know, outscoring literally every receiver by 100 points. I think everyone sees that and thinks instantly, oh, this is the best receiver. But talent-wise, I think Julio's a better receiver, and I think DeAndre Hopkins is a way better receiver. So right now you're saying that Michael Thomas is the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, yeah, that sounds fair. Okay, CJ, what you got? Uh, Jack, that's a little funny. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, and you, you said that <laughs> I'd be a little crazy to see. Okay. I said Michael Thomas as well. I think he's just – it's true. I, personally, I just think that he's, you know, he's great. He's a great receiver. He's just not the best. I think that everybody crowning him as the best, it's it's a little too early to say that because, you know, Julio's been doing it for years. You know, D-Hop has been doing it for years. Michael Thomas, you know, started getting a better, you know, look in that offense over the last two or three years. So, I mean, he hasn't been doing it for long enough for me to say, oh, he's the best in the league. Julio does it year in, year, uh, year out. Uh, D-Hop had a year where he didn't drop a ball at all. So, I mean, I can't say Michael Thomas, who gets the most targets in the league, uh, isn't going to have, a like, you know, some inflated numbers. He gets the most targets. He's probably going to have the most catches. He plays in an offense that's really pass-heavy. You look at Drew Brees' numbers, he probably holds he holds just about every passing record that matters because he's in an offense that passes more often than not. So, yeah, Michael Thomas is going to look a little better than, you know, somebody else like Julio or, you know, D-Hop. This question yeah. is okay. Go, Matt. It's 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 not that he's bad. He's a good receiver. I think he's just overrated in the sense that everyone thinks he's the best when he's not. I'd say he's a top five, maybe to even top three. I just don't think he's number one. All right, CJ. Last quick comment, if you have it. If not, then yeah. As far as the best thing, I don't know how he got propelled so high up into being the best that fast. I feel like that's something that you know. Is, I guess you know it's really common now that people just have a good year and then they're just automatically the best. I think that, you know, in order to be the best at something, you have to be able to do it consistently. And Julio consistently is one of the best receivers in the league. Now, honestly, you know, he's fallen off as much as scoring, but he still produces, like, a lot every year. D-Hop, you know, now he's getting a lot more targets, and he looks amazing. So I would say those two would probably be my top two. And then I still think Odell is a better receiver than Michael Thomas. You know, Mm -hmm. people uh, wrote him off. So I think that Michael Thomas, to me, would be, like, a top five receiver so right uh, now i wouldn't what? take odell over i wouldn't take odell over michael thomas this season okay. maybe just because odell's actually played but michael thomas is definitely better than odell oh. at least in the system he's in right now all right so yeah. right now this question is too close for me to call due to the fact that you guys both had similar arguments for the same player who and it's hard because I personally don't even think he's rated, so it's hard for me to judge this. So I'm actually going to ask you guys a quick follow-up question, which we'll, we're going to do like a 30-second or so response on a quick receiver. And my question is, who is more overrated, Julian Edelman or A.J. Green? 30-second answer real quick. Just maybe give a point or two. Just give me your answer. We'll go with C.J. first. I'm going to say Julian Edelman only because, you know, he played with Brady. You know, anybody who plays with Brady is going to look great. I'm not going to lie. I thought Julian Edelman was, a, you know, a system player as well. But seeing him with Cam, he's still producing. But A.J. Green, he's falling off. But when he was at his peak, he's one of the best receivers in the league. So I don't think he was ever overrated. Okay, Matt? I think back to the Super Bowl when against the Falcons when uh, Julian Edelman had that pretty unlikely catch. And I just think that how can that be an overrated receiver? Clearly, he has the talent. A.J. Green has basically quit on his team. 
His numbers are down for the last two, three seasons. I think he's super overrated. I think everyone expects him to do so well, but he has no motivation to do it. And I don't think that that, I think that in itself makes him overrated. The fact that he's literally given up on his team. Okay. So two arguments for two players had to give in that second argument there. I had to go with somebody. I think for this point, I would end up going with CJ due to the fact that I don't know. I've always kind of thought of Julian Alvarez overrated. This is what happens when your judge can have opinions. Uh, I've always thought uh, Julian Alvarez was overrated, and facts gave it there. That catch was the luckiest catch he's made in his entire life, and he hasn't. I don't think it was luck. I think it was skill. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was skill, man. Okay. Now we have CJ up four to three with the last question on the line. CJ can take the win, or we can have a tie go into an overtime tiebreaker question real quick. But this question we're going to have about six minutes to do, and it is final question: Who is the real MVP right now? I know some may find that hard to answer because it's week six, but right now, who is the real MVP of the league? Uh, we're going to start with Matt. Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson should frankly be the MVP every year. He looks amazing every single year and is always slept on by the voters. Right now, he leads the league in touchdowns with 19. He's only thrown three interceptions. All right. His completion percentage is great so far this season. Um, his QBR has is 81, which is fifth in the league. He just looks incredible. This is this is the same Russell Wilson we see every single season. It's finally people are giving him the recognition he deserves. He is the he is the best quarterback outside. I think he's number two. I think he's right behind Mahomes. And I think that this is this is the best season he's had. And I think he's finally getting recognized for it. CJ, you got it. Uh, my pick definitely would have been Aaron Rodgers had he not, you know, his team not stunk it up against the Bucks. So uh, it's hard not to say Aaron Rodgers, but uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, his team's undefeated. He can't lose. He literally cannot lose. Even when you think he's out, he's still in the game. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, as far as the voting goes, I know it's sometimes a little narrative based. He hasn't gotten an MVP vote yet. So it makes sense. Like if he keeps having the season he's having, they're probably going to vote like he's going to be the MVP this year. Hasn't won one yet. You know, maybe Mahomes might have a good year, but he had a great year last year and Lamar won it. It's just who, you know, is a little bit more, you know, media friendly. And I think it's going to be Russell Wilson this year, letting him cook. Yeah, the the man yeah, Russell, is... Russell Wilson is, is just an incredible athlete on that field. If the ball is in, you know, we always get asked this question, you know, you're, you're down three with two minutes to go. Who are you putting the ball in the hands of? It's going to Russell Wilson. He can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arms. He's got great talent around him. He's got two great receivers in Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. They're undefeated right now, and he looks the best he's ever looked. And if he doesn't, if he continues on this track, he's going to be MVP this season. And I, I think this team has a shot to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday with, this, with his talent. Yeah, I'd also say, yeah, Russell Wilson, with the, with the help of DK Metcalf, who's turning into a, a real force in the league right now, and he's moving up the ranks, might be a top 10 receiver by the end of the year. He's that good. Um, you know, Russell Wilson can do it all. Like you said, like he can run, he can pass, he's accurate, and he's not a turnover machine. Like you see a lot of mobile quarterbacks usually are, you know, bad decision makers, but Russell Wilson, he's not, he's a smart guy. He's, he's not turning the ball over a lot. He's getting out of harm's way. He's not getting injured. He's, he's keeping the team in the game. Like he's a smart guy. All right, so I think that we had an agreement here, although I really did like Matt's general arguments here. I'm just saying this is, is not because of the state and where I want this uh, this competition to go right now, but I really did like Matt's arguments in terms of saying that Russ is the, uh, the real MVP and – I was undefeated. I mean, similar points, but I, I would give the edge to Matt there. So, we are tied right now, 4-4. We're going to be going to our first tiebreaker question. This is one question. We're going to have – what, what I'm envisioning right now is we're going to have 
no debate, just one minute somebody saying something, one minute somebody else saying something, then I will decide. This question is, I've just come up with this, excluding the Jets or the Giants, who do you believe is the most likely team to land Trevor Lawrence? I'll give you guys 30 seconds to think about it real quick. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. You're ready to go? Okay, yeah. then, Matt, your minute starts now. Uh, I think I think he's going to go to Washington. Uh, this team realizes that Dwayne Haskins is done for, um, and I don't really see their season improving very much from here. I think that if they can continue this track of, of mediocrity and get that first overall pick, I don't see why they wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence. I think this Trevor Lawrence, if we've been watching, if you've been watching him play, has one of the most electric arms I've ever seen in a college athlete. I think that with the weapons they have already in Washington, Serenity had Terry McLaurin with him. I think that would be a lethal duo. And I think that Washington needs to recognize that this is a once in a generational talent. You know, last year we had some great quarterbacks and Joe Burrow was, was talked about, but I think Trevor Lawrence is better than Joe Burrow. I think this is a once in a generational talent. And I think Washington would benefit from having a quarterback this electric. And I think that this is probably the best outside of the two New York teams who I think will probably end up getting him. Um, if, if they don't take him, I don't see why he wouldn't go to Washington. All right. CJ, your response. I was going to say a team that's having, you know, I would say an off year for them, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they look really bad this year. Uh, they look really bad this year. And then you put Trevor Lawrence in that offense with, you know, they have a, a good offensive line. They have Kyle Rudolph. You have Justin Jefferson, who's becoming a star in the league right now. Adam Thielen, who's still a, a good receiver in the league. And then you have Dalvin Cook, who was just leading the league in rushing until uh, Derrick Henry went off for 200 yards. So, yeah, I'd probably say the Vikings, if they continue to, you know, lose the way they are. But if they play their potential, you know, they'll, they'll probably be on their way back into the playoffs. All right. Great points, guys, in this tiebreaker round. However, I think I'm going to give the edge. And the win on our first episode of Fan to Fan Combat. Thank you guys for participating. I'm going to give the edge to CJ Love. I honestly love that pick of the Vikings aiding Trevor Lawrence. I think that they have the potential to not ruin his career. And we've seen people like Dwayne Haskins go and get thrown in the trash in the football team's <laughs> roster. So I fixed myself there. But – yeah, we'll get it in time. We'll get it in time. That's what we're saying. We'll get it in time. But oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, great, great arguments today. First episode of Fan to Fan Combat. Love it, love it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, CJ, for coming on. I really yeah, it was great. It. You know, yeah, dude, thanks for having us. Football. All right, but uh, we're gonna end off right here and sign off. Thank you guys for listening.